0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. As I'm recording this, I have to watch my audio signal. Too much signal, and the audio will distort. Not enough signal, and you won't be able to hear what it is I'm saying. The same is true when we're working with our dogs. If they're too nervous, and there's too much stimulation, our dogs may not be able to focus. And if there's not enough interest in what it is we're doing they won't be able to learn either. So, thresholds can be a very important part of our training world. Do we think about it enough? That's a good question. This is Canine Nation. In addition to these podcasts, Canine Nation appears at Life as a Human, the online magazine. You can find an archive of all the Canine Nation articles at caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. Canine Nation also has its own website at caninenation.ca, and here you can find an archive and links to all of our podcasts and all of the articles at Life as a Human. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brad. We've been working on some pretty exciting things here at Canine Nation, and we hope to let you know more about those projects in the coming weeks. For now, it's summertime here in Victoria, the weather's great, agility season is in full swing, and we're enjoying traveling around the Northwest playing with the dogs. If you haven't done so yet, check out our Canine Nation Facebook page. That's where we're putting all of the information about our latest articles and podcasts. And check out the new From the Hill short column section where I talk a little bit more about my own experience as a dog owner and a dog trainer. As always, your comments are very important to us. So you can reach us through the Canine Nation forum group on Facebook or you can always email me at barks.com at caninenation.ca Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles. Then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. A big part of how we train our dogs involves monitoring them to see how they're doing emotionally during our training. That's important to us because we want our dogs to be in the best frame of mind to learn the task that we're trying to teach them. Often, that involves thresholds knowing when our dog is approaching that state where they've had too much or falling too low and approaching that threshold where they have not enough to keep going. So, I thought it would be good to explore the topic of thresholds and knowing when our dogs are over or under those desired thresholds. This is my article, Over Under Dogs. Threshold is kind of a buzzword in the dog training world these days. There are times with our dogs when things are just too much. They can get overwhelmed and all our training work with them seems to fall apart. And there are other times when there just isn't enough. Our dogs just don't find enough to motivate them to stay engaged with us. The point at which my dog crosses over from engaged to too much or not enough could be called a threshold. There's a children's story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's a great example of what we often mean by threshold when talking about our dogs. In the story, Goldilocks encounters different situations where she has to sample what is too hot or too cold, too big or too small, too hard or too soft in order to find out what is just right. In each case, Goldilocks must determine what is too much for her and what is not enough in order to find just the right amount. It's a balancing act finding what is just right to make our dog successful in any given situation. It can be difficult to find that success threshold, whether it's keeping your dog from reacting to a stranger walking toward you or barking defensively at an overly curious dog. The difficulty with reactivity thresholds is that my dog will go into fight-or-flight mode, and I might not be able to communicate with her to ask for a trained behavior. There are a number of great management and training approaches that you can use to deal with reactivity. There is that point beyond which a dog will cross the fight-or-flight threshold when we talk about reactivity. But what about other kinds of situations? Is there a distraction threshold? What about a sniffing threshold? Or a boredom threshold? Could there even be a persuasion threshold? We could characterize many of our dog's behaviors in terms of thresholds. Whether those behaviors occur when my dog is over-threshold or under-threshold depends, in large part, on how I'm defining the threshold and the behaviors I want or don't want. Let's look at a dog's reactivity to strangers. When approached by strangers, the dog might bark and strain at her leash. It would be fair to say that she is feeling fearful or anxious and is reacting in this way in order to get the stranger to stop approaching. As her owner, I could approach this from two very different perspectives. On the one hand, I could seek to get rid of her barking and straining behaviors, and that doesn't require that I deal with her fear or anxiety at all. It's a simple behavior modification. The other approach would be to generate strategies to alleviate her fear and anxiety and take away the reason for her barking and straining behavior. While I can choose from two very different approaches to responding to my dog's behaviors, the threshold in each case remains the same. When I observe my dog walking calmly with me, she is below that reactivity threshold, and when she is barking and straining, she is clearly over it. It's a matter of knowing what the threshold that we are looking for is and watching our dogs to see what is happening. Perhaps the trickiest part of working with thresholds is being clear about what we are looking for in the first place. As humans, we can be optimistic or pessimistic. It's easy enough for us to decide what a threshold for a behavior looks like and then find excuses to decide that, although it's close, that particular instance is acceptable. In order for thresholds to mean anything, we have to give them the authority to guide our actions. One place I see this all the time is in dog agility. Many competitors like to have their dogs wait at the start line until they tell the dog they can go. There couldn't be an easier threshold to spot than that one. Did the handler say go? That's the threshold. If the dog leaves before the signal, it's too soon. If the handler has to tell them again, that's too late. Or they leave right on time. It's just right. But all too often, The handler will excuse variations in that behavior. Too soon wasn't all that far off, so we'll just let it go. The same with too late. We're watching for the threshold, but we choose not to see what's right in front of us. So what does the dog make of this? In a situation like the start line in agility, that threshold would not cause significant emotional fallout and is probably not a big deal. Just more training to show the dog what is expected and it will restore their confidence in the training process. But in the case of a fearful dog, the situation is quite different. If we fail to see the threshold there, the dog is subjected to unnecessary anxiety and repeats behaviors that perhaps we would rather they didn't do. And that can have long-term negative results. All too often, the owner will blame the dog when they should have seen the threshold approaching and taken the steps necessary to keep the dog from crossing over and reacting in the first place. Although dog people often talk about thresholds in terms of keeping the dog under threshold, usually with regard to making sure they're not over-aroused or overstressed, there might be a situation in which we want to keep our dogs over a very different kind of threshold. When I want to train my dog, the one thing I require is her attention. If I don't have that, we're not going to be able to communicate. In order to get and keep my dog's attention, I'm going to have to find a way to keep her interested and engaged with me. There are lots of ways to do that. Play with a toy, offer her food, give her physical affection, etc. But whatever I use, I have to provide enough of it to keep her interested. Let's call that a persuasion threshold. If she is over that threshold, she's interested and engaged. If she's under it, she's lost interest and would rather be doing something else. When I first learned the process of mark and reward training, one key lesson was that the most important aspect of training is to keep the dog interested. If my dog becomes fatigued, bored, or would prefer to be doing something else, Her willingness to learn is probably not where it should be. Forcing her to continue would only give her a reason to dislike the training more. No one likes to be forced to do something they don't want to be doing. If I monitor my dog during training and make sure she stays above that persuasion threshold, I know she's happy and open to learning whatever it is I'm teaching her. The key element of thresholds is being aware of them and being watchful enough to notice when your dog's mood shifts. Our dogs don't talk like humans do. They express themselves through body language and the actions that they take. A dog that doesn't want to look at you and seems more interested in sniffing is telling you that they don't want to be doing what you're doing. But there are more subtle signals that will tell you that it's time to adjust. A slow response, a momentary delay before responding, Interest in a toy or other object might all be signs that your dog is bored or frustrated with this activity. The same is true with situations where your dog might be uncomfortable. A reluctance to move towards something, the alert set of their ears, nervous eyes, furtive movements, and the way the dog is carrying their tail can all be signs that the dog is approaching an anxiety or fear threshold. It can be critical to recognize and respond to these signs to keep a reactive dog under that threshold so they don't feel the need to lash out. Whatever you decide that a particular threshold is, it's important to remember that it's not simply black or white, over or under. There are always early warning signs. The more attentive I am to what my dog is telling me, the better I can respond to what she needs. Sometimes I need to keep her over that persuasion threshold by playing a game or making the training a little easier. Other times, I might need to move my dog away from something that she fears or that makes her nervous to keep her under a fear or reactivity threshold. As my dog's guardian, I need to be aware of her various thresholds. I also need to be attentive to what she's telling me about those thresholds, and that can be complicated. There are going to be times that I have to put aside my own wishes and pay attention to what my dog needs. Whether it is a fear threshold or a persuasion threshold, I can't expect my dog to just suck it up and deal with it just because I said so. As the human, it should be up to me to do my best to help my dog. Using thresholds is an interesting way to look at working with my dogs, But it is a perspective that has made training and living with my dogs a lot easier for me. Things just work better when it's easy for everyone. Not too much, not too little, but just right. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I have one resource for you this week. I recommend a great book by Allie Brown called Scaredy Dog Understanding and Rehabilitating Your Reactive Dog It takes a look at helping to understand the reactive dog and helping them change for the better It's not an easy process but with the guidance provided by Allie in this book you'll be well on your way to understanding what reactivity is and how to manage your dog's thresholds around things that they find uncomfortable Don't forget you can pick up any of my eBooks from dogwise.com a great resource for anything you're looking for with regard to dogs, DVDs, books, toys, and more. Also check out our Canine Nation Facebook page and our Canine Nation Forum Facebook group. We also have a Canine Nation Google Plus community where you can also add your discussions if you prefer that. And finally, we have a Twitter account that you can communicate with us on. It's canine underscore nation. If you have a question or comment for us, please feel free to contact the Canine Nation podcast at barks at caninenation.ca. We look forward to hearing from you. So, until next time, take care of the dogs. Bye for now. Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.